This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. This evening, I want to share with us very briefly before we take the communion on what I have titled the most powerful family on earth the most powerful family on earth. Can we open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 3? Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to be reading from the 14th to the 20th verse. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 20. Are we there? Ephesians three fourteen to 20. Are we there? Are we there? It's either you're there or you're not there. Are you there? Okay. Praise God. Can we read together? One, two, let's go. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Praise the Lord. I am a strong proponent of the fact that when we got born again, something definitely happened to us. Um, the skin of your, the color of your skin rather, might not have changed and definitely did not change. Um, you did not grow an extra tooth in case while you were growing up you lost some you did not change physically but something definitely happened to you and what happened to us was spiritual the bible teaches us that man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body so our bodies remained the same Um, our soul is being renewed by god's word but our spirit experienced the regeneration a change Amen. So there was a change in our spirit. You know, and that change has implications. The Bible has described to us in various ways what has happened to us. For example, the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians 5.21 that, and he, you know, he says, it was made sin for us who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That means when we got saved, one of the things that happened to us was that we became the righteousness of Christ. We became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's one of the things that happened to us. So you're reading in the book of 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14, and you're reading, and the Bible begins to explain, Paul speaking, and he says, what conquered as righteousness with unrighteousness? Describing us as righteousness. In the same verse, describes us as light. Amen. 
So I mean, there are lots of things that happen to us. And the Bible, especially in the epistles, tells us all of these wonderful identities that we've assumed because we got saved, because we got born again. It was a spiritual experience. And I hope we understand that the spiritual reigns over the physical. You see, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. No, the heaven is the spiritual dimension. There are three kinds of heaven. I'm not going to go into that this evening. But the heaven he's talking about there is a spiritual dimension. And he's talking also about the earth. So the spiritual force from the spiritual dimension before it cascades into the physical. And we must understand that. So it's important to know that when we got saved, when we got born again, something happened to us, but it was very spiritual. Our spirits got regenerated. Amen. Now in the text we just read from Ephesians chapter 3, Paul the Apostle begins to explain something also that happened to us. And I believe very strongly that this is one of the most powerful identities we can assume by virtue of the new birth. You know, the book of 2 Corinthians 5.17, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says that, you know, it says that um, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He says, all things are passed away. Behold, see, all things have become new. Meaning that this kind of man that has been produced by virtue of the new birth has never existed before. That's why you'd understand when the Bible says that angels long to look into these things. Angels are looking at us and they are admiring us because we have something they can never have. Amen. Something they can never have. Then Paul begins to explain to us in Ephesians chapter 3. And he begins to tell us, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He introduces God as a Father. He introduces God as what? A Father. Telling us that God is our Father. He says, of our Lord Jesus Christ. He introduces the Lord of our family. And he says, of whom the family in heaven and earth is named. Explaining to us that when we got saved, God became our father, Jesus became our Lord, and we entered into a new family. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the later verses explains to us that the operation of this family that we've come into can be summarized in one word, love. And now tells us in the 20th verse of Ephesians 3 that we read, that the results of members of the family of, that he's talking about is supposed to be supernatural. It's not supposed to be natural. You see, people in the world, the best they can do is to think about something and it happens. The best they can do is to ask and it happens. But you see, that is still relating with a God. But when we begin to relate with a Father, He does things that are exceeding and abundantly beyond what you can ask or think. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he's describing to us that at new birth, we became members of a family. Now in John chapter 1, the book of John chapter 1, from verse 12, from verse 11, he says he came unto his own, talking about Jesus, he says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Verse 12, now it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what? Children of God, some verses say sons of God, is the word technon, meaning children, or children rather, of God. So to them gave he power to become what? Children of God, or sons of God. 
He says, as many as believed on his name. Now, I like the 13th verse. Can you go to verse 13? He says, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of what? Of God. Meaning that when we got born again, we became born of God. We joined the family. We joined the family. You know, 1 Peter 1.23. 1 Peter 1.23 it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. And James 1.18 says, of his own will begat he us, of the word of truth, that we might become part of the first fruits of his creature. Telling us that we became members of a family. And this is very important. Very, very important. Because... When you become a member of a family, you have certain rights and privileges. Now, some months back, I remember um, the royal family in the United Kingdom, one of the princes there, Prince Harry, got married to a very popular American star. For those of you that watch Suits, you're all looking very holy as if you don't even know what I'm talking about. It's okay, it's fine, it's all right. <laughs> all right, so he got married. And it was aired everywhere. I mean, people saw it from all over the world. What did he do to deserve that kind of wedding? Can somebody tell me? What did he do? <laughs> Nothing. He was just born into that family. If you were the one born into that family, that's how your wedding would be. <laughs> that was all he did. Nothing physical on the outside all that happened to him was that he was just born into a royal family. He became royalty. He became a member of a family. That's all that happened to him. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus, in John chapter 3, the Bible tells us a very interesting story between Jesus and Nicodemus. Now, the Pharisees had looked at Jesus and wondered that how is this man producing the kinds of miracles that he's producing? So one of them, Nicodemus, humbled himself and snuck to meet Jesus by night, the Bible says. And when he came to Jesus, he looked at Jesus and said, he says, Master, let me confess. This is what all of them are thinking, but they can't come and tell you. But I would come and tell you. He says, we've looked at you. We've looked at your life. The kinds of results that you are producing are beyond thinking and asking abilities. These results are supernatural. He said, the truth is that no man can do these things except God be with him. What did Jesus tell him? Jesus said, ah, you're mixing, mi missing it. The emphasis is not on doing the things. He said, the emphasis is on being. So Jesus said, except a man be born again. He says, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus looked at him and said, how will a man be born? And he said, when I'm old, can I enter into my mom's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about something that is physical. He says, he that is born of the spirit, his spirit. He says, except a man be born of what? Water, which is the word of God, and of the spirit. He says, the man cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven or God. And he says, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Telling him that there are two kinds of birth. There's a natural birth and the spiritual birth. The spiritual birth has more preeminence over the natural birth. 
introducing Nicodemus to a dimension which we have all come into by getting saved and getting born again. Meaning that when we get born again, we join a family. I, I want you to know this and never forget it. God becomes your father. He's no longer just God to you. He's God to everyone else. But to you, he's now a father. I want you to say, God is my father. He becomes your father. He becomes your father. And Paul begins to tell us in the book of Ephesians, he says that he's the father of the family. Some members of our family are in heaven. Some members of our family are on earth. So we are members of that family on earth. If anybody gets born again on the face of the earth, that person has joined our family. The person is one with our family. This is the most powerful family on the face of the earth because the father of this family is the creator of heaven and earth. There is absolutely nothing that is impossible to this family. This family is special. There is nothing this family cannot accomplish. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we join a family. We join a family. Woo! I'm so glad I'm part of this family. You see, the Bible explains to us in the book of John 1.14. He says, and the word became flesh. He says, and he dwelt amongst us. He says, and we beheld his glory. Talking about Jesus as of the only begotten. The only. Only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Only begotten. That was what Jesus was. The only begotten. But after we came, he came, died, and created an access for us also to be able to join this family. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6, he's no longer described as the only begotten. He's described as what? The first begotten. Because he now has younger brothers <laughs> and sisters. So he's no longer the only begotten. He's described in Hebrews 1 6 as the first begotten. Because he's brought many sons. And when the Bible says sons, it's not, it's not descriptive of gender. It's a position, right? So he says he's brought many sons to glory. Hebrews 2.10. Brought many sons to glory. So we are members of God's family. We are members of God's family. He's our father and we are his children. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm excited about it. I'm a member of the family. As a member of this family, there are certain rights and privileges I have. You see, this family is a family bound by covenant. This is a superior family to your biological family. <laughs> if somebody is born again in Afghanistan, somebody else born again in Australia, somebody else born again in the town of Muoleru, the person as long as the person is born again, we have one father and we belong to one family. We belong to one family. That person is my brother, that person is my sister. And I'm supposed to treat that person so. Now, how many of us have heard the phrase, blood is thicker than water before? Have you heard the phrase? Yes, and have you used the phrase before? If you've used it before, can you just, don't worry. You don't know where I'm going, so just... Okay, how many of you have not used the phrase before? Okay, so how many of us have used the phrase before? <laughs> We're in church. 
<laughs> blood is thicker than water. What do we think that phrase, that quote, what do we think it means? You know, I, let me tell you what I think you think it means. It means that people who belong to the same blood, your biological family, you know, if you belong to the same biological family, the bond between both of you is thicker than anything and any other relationship anybody can have with you. But that's not what it means. It's a covenant quote. There are lots of debates about it, but you get to the root of it. It's a covenant quote. When he says blood, he's not talking about... So let me explain it this way. When there are two children, so a mother is about to give birth to twins, right? The two of them are going to be in the mom's womb, isn't it? They are going to be in the womb, and how would they know when the mom is about to deliver? They will say something happened. The water has... Ah, you don't know? Okay. It is well though. Director Clem, what would they say, please? You have experience. <laughs> They'll say what? The water has what? Broken. Why? Why would they say that? Because womb, so they are being sustained by what they call the same amniotic fluid. All right? They also call it water. And so there's the amniotic sac and all of that. Now, when they say blood is thicker than water, what they actually mean is that if you are in a blood covenant with someone, that relationship is stronger than the relationship you have. If you came from the same womb and were sustained by the same water or fluid with someone, biologically, that's what it means. Meaning that Remember I said this, our family is a covenant family, right? Our relationship with each other, whether you like it or not, <laughs> I'm telling you Bible sense, is thicker and stronger than the relationship we have with our biological siblings if they are not saved. Once they get saved, they enter into this same family and the relationship you have with them here is stronger than that other relationship. So, when we get born again, we become members of a family. A family. And there are certain things we do not do in our family. There are certain things we do in our family. There are certain ways we do not talk in our family. There are certain ways we think in our family. There is a way we think. We think possibilities in our family. You see, that's why Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he says, we are one body in Christ. He says, if one member suffers, the other suffers. This was Paul's understanding. Because we are members of the most powerful family on the face of the earth. Amen. We are members of the most powerful family on the face of the earth. When this family gathers to pray, something must happen. You see, anybody attacking one of us has no idea what, who they are attacking. And that's why we must not attack each other. Because we are members of one family. Amen. You see, one of the greatest weapons of the devil is to sow seeds of disunity. Seeds that will make you turn against your neighbor. I mean, you've, you've heard, I think, pastors shared here before, when um, Samson... The Bible tells us about Samson. You know, the Philistines came and they met the children of Judah and said, bring Samson. 
that we, he's come to destroy our farmlands and we want to attack him. And Samson looked at the children of Judah and said, promise me one thing, that there is no issue. You can take me and give me to the Philistines, but promise me just one thing, that you will not kill me yourself. Because Samson knew that the people that can hurt you the most are members of your family. He said, so promise me, if you promise me you will not kill me yourself, there is no issue. I will go to the Philistines and I will do what I am anointed to do. And they said, we won't kill you. They took Samson and immediately landed in front of the Philistines. The Bible tells us that the Philistines shouted. They made a mistake. The anointing on Samson came alive. And Samson took the fresh jawbone of an ass and killed a thousand of them. Supernatural results. Because Samson understood. And the children of Judah, they understood that when you belong to one family, we do not hurt each other. You see, in our family, we do not say nice things to people when we are in front of them. Then go behind them and say terrible things about them. That is not part of how we behave in our family. In our family, (laughs) when we meet people who are sick, we lay hands on them and we pray for them. That is what we do in our family. Love is not foreign to our family. Love is our oppression. It's our language in our family. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You see, this family is reflective of the characters and the attributes of the father of the family. So look at God. If you want to know the things that are available to us in our family, just look at God. What are the things God can do? That's what we can do in our family. You know, God, our father, who is the head of this family, the Bible calls him the only wise God. So wisdom flows in this family. So you understand why Paul said we are complete in him. Because, hey, if you become a member of this family, there is absolutely nothing that is impossible for you and to you. You can have supernatural results if you become a member of this family. See, what I've discovered is that lots of believers who question the love of God do not really know that they've been brought into a family. Because the love of God, the father of this family, is superior to the love any natural and biological father has the capacity to produce. His love for his children, he watches over them with the eyes of the ego. Nothing, you see, (sighs) he watches over them very carefully. There is absolutely nothing he can do for his children. If you talk about a father who spoils his children, that is God. He looks at his children, he's as loving as he's as much of a disciplinarian. He will chastise you, but he loves you. He wants the best for you. You can never love yourself more than this father loves you. And you see, every time we gather to take the communion. I want us to understand that what we are doing is that we are identifying with this family and everything that comes with being a member of this family. You see, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, can you turn there? 1 Corinthians chapter 11 rather, and I'm rounding up now. Verse 24, 1 Corinthians 11, 
24. The Bible says, this is Jesus speaking. Paul was recording what Jesus had said. He says, and when he had given thanks, talking about Jesus, he broke it and said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Verse 25. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. You see, he's talking about the body. He's talking about the blood. Telling us that when we partake of the communion, what we're doing is that we're identifying with the family we've been brought into in Christ Jesus. And what we're saying is that everything that flows in this family, we take a hold of it. If it is health you want, you can lay hold on health. And that's why people have had remarkable testimonies taking the communion. I've heard of testimonies of people who are not feeling fine and they take the communion and they become well. This is what happens because what you're doing is that you're identifying with this family we've come into. What flows in this family is called eternal life. (laughs) This life is an indestructible life. That's what flows in this family. It's an indestructible life. This life guarantees that we operate at a different plane of life. That is what the life that flows in this family does. So you take the communion. What you're saying is, Lord, I thank you because, I mean, I'm part of this family. So I am no more ordinary. I am no more common. You know, in Acts chapter 9 and 10, 10 specifically, you know, God was speaking to Peter and he said, do not call what I have called on common, common. That's descriptive of us. Because in this family, we are not ordinary people. In case you've been seeing yourself that way, I want you to know this evening that you've been brought into a family. You see, when you walk in the office, when you walk into your shop, I want you to be conscious that you have a father. You know, there's a song, I have a father. What? Almighty Father. He is what? King of kings and Lord of lords. I have a father. You see, this father, he's not just a distant father, but he's your father. While our communion stewards get ready to give the communion, you know, I usually use this example. When... If I were, if I happened to be our current president's son, and I go to Asso Rock, and I tell them I want to see the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, what are they going to do? They do not know me. Let's assume they do not know me. What would they do? They will ask you, who are you? Well, if I happen to be a very important dignitary, they will give me forms to fill, all manner of protocols, But would it make a difference if I go there and say, I want to see my father? They are going to grant me access. Access. Because it is now a different relationship I'm talking about. You know, this was what the Pharisees heard Jesus say that got them so angry. They didn't mind Jesus saying God was God. They didn't mind Jesus saying God was anything else. 
But when Jesus called God Father, ah, no, they said, mm, 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 don't go there. Because they knew the implication. They knew the implication. Sad that lots of believers today do not even know what they've been brought into. And I'm excited this evening that we are members of God's family and we can think that being a member of that family provides. Is it health? Is it wealth? When people are talking about wealth, listen to me, look at your father. That's why you begin to understand why the Bible talks the way it talks, especially in the epistles. Talks about us already being rich. We are not trying to be rich. You know why people say those things? We are not psyching you up. Because we are speaking from the reality of the family we now belong to. If my father is wealthy and rich, I am wealthy and rich. I am healthy. If my father is the king of the whole earth, I cannot be less than a king. That's why we are called kings. So Jesus is called what? Our brother. King of what? Kings. Because we belong to a family. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm excited that I belong to this family. And this family is the most powerful family on the face of the earth. Never forget it. It's the most powerful family on the face of the earth. Can we rise up on our feet this evening? This family is the most powerful family on the face of the earth. This family is the most powerful family on the face of the earth. This family is the most powerful family on the face of the earth. Right where you're standing, I want you to just lift up your hands and lift up your voice and thank him. And say, Father, I thank you because I've been brought into this family. This powerful family. Thank you because I'm not an orphan. You begin to understand what Jesus was saying when he said, you know, when I leave, I will not leave you comfortless. That word means I will not leave you as orphans. Because we belong to a family. In this family, there are things that we have a right to. In this family, there are things that happen for us. Thank you, sir. In this family... In this family, favor is our experience. We belong to a family. We are not orphans. to pray this evening that Lord I, I don't know what your desire is I have my own desire I want us to pray Father in the name of Jesus I'm a member of your family and I've been made to understand that by becoming a member of this family I have certain rights and privileges there is a life that flows in this family Whatever you desire, you can insert it into a prayer and say, Lord, this is foreign to this family. 
I don't know what it is. So it cannot be my experience. Because in our family, we produce supernatural results. As I take the communion tonight, I identify with the body and all that the blood of Jesus accomplished for me. I declare that I'm a child of the covenant. I'm a member of God's family. So my capacity in the spirit is increased. Has everybody got into communion? Everybody? Everybody? You see, in this family, we take bread or wafers and we take ribena mixed with water. We bless it and by faith, it ceases to be any of those things. It becomes the body and the blood of Jesus. Because in this family, we operate by faith. And part of the practices of this family is what we're about to engage in and as we take the bread and we break it I want you to know that this is not only blessed this is not only the body of Christ and the blood of Christ but everything that is the experience of members of our family becomes yours in the name of Jesus whatever you need you have access to it whatever you need is it health whatever you need access open doors favor that is what happens in our family can we take the bread and you can also take the blood and right there where you are can you begin to give god thanks and thank him for the experience supernatural experience things beyond beyond what eyes can see things beyond what we can think or imagine father i thank you thank you like paul i bless your name i bow my knees unto my father and my lord jesus christ thank you father Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.